0: Hey everybody, it's your host, Richie, here. Vibe check. How are you doing today? Good, I would like to think. I would like to think that your day is going well. That's unrealistic, but it's a nice spot at least. This is my first episode of my podcast. I've done a couple of recordings, but nothing concrete. I kind of wanted to get a feel for speaking like this for how the sound quality was going to be, all sorts of all sorts of thoughts were going through my head. And so I thought I would start here, remake the first episode. Because it was just me doing a tarot reading very quietly. But my roommate's out of the house right now, so I can be as loud as I want to. Um to a reasonable extent because it is eleven nineteen p.m. and I do have neighbors. And this is an apartment. So I can't be that loud, but I can be a little loud. It's super fun. (laughs) At the moment, I am just folding all of my clothes from the day. I had to go to work this morning at my first job. And so I left a couple of pieces of clothes, like my pajamas and stuff on the bed. And I had to come back, change for my other job, leave again. Um, So I have more clothes on my bed and I came back Took a shower, put my pajamas back on, but I still have like my big hamper of clothes and my work clothes and all that sort of fun stuff on my bed right now. So I'm just folding it so I can get ready for bed in peace. It's not super common that I can be as high functioning as I am right now, where it's like I am taking care of myself by thinking ahead and folding my clothes and recording my podcast all at the same time. But I like it. I I like when my brain molecules can kind of line up all in one and I can not only focus and be successful, um, but also be, I don't know, I think focus and be successful is all I'm sort of hoping for right now. I'm going to check the uh, audio levels real quick and make sure that I am audible when I am sort of away from my phone right now. And now up next is a segment of me talking about the Montgomery Park building in a car at about 9 at night. It feels almost like a beacon. Like it calls me to it, even though there's nothing in that building that I can think of that I would want to go see. Like the WebMD Center is not something that I would actively go and be like, I would like to go see, like I would like to go see the WebMD Center, but that's not the point. The point is that it's weirdly beautiful and kind of fun to drive by at night or to spot when I'm driving on bridges or highways. Looking out and seeing Montgomery Park not only gives me a sense of location where it's kind of like my North Star, but it also calls me to it. It's like a little sense of home. It's specific and acute and shining. And there's something really nice and touching about that when you're all alone in the dark. And now back to the show. I am back. I did check the volume levels. They're a little bit quiet. I'm kind of hoping I can, like, even them out. If nothing else, I can record an episode in the morning as well, but I'm kind of hoping to just make it the one done. I can't tell if folding laundry while recording is a little distracting. Um, my problem is, is my version of quality is different than most people's version of quality because I think, for me, my goal for this podcast Is sort of to be a comfort but not a necessity. I kind of want to explore, do new things, have you know new experiences. I want this to be sort of like a be-all catch-all but it's also because I don't have any audio editing skills or really cool ideas. I have pieces of ideas about half the time for my art, for music. I'm writing a song right now called Frog Pool Party, so we'll see how far I get with that. I don't have my guitar with me, and I don't know how to record music, and I don't know how to put it on Spotify, but I do have the unrelenting need to create art and put it out there, no matter how skilled I am in that subject. I am just now like really cracking down on myself to be more honest to my creative self because I keep cheating my creative self by starting to create something and then I stop because I say it's just not good enough and instead of doing it anyway and learning and growing I say it is not good enough now and therefore it will never be good enough ever which is where I just shoot myself in the foot because that's not true. My art is worth something now even if it is not technically perfect. And I think that's something we can all work on, in any creative sense. The fact that I can't sing perfectly on key doesn't mean that I can't make art that doesn't touch other people. And even if it doesn't touch other people, it doesn't mean that my art does not have merit. Because it has passion. I want to make art for me so I can put it out there and hopefully connect with someone and have someone say, I would also like to make art. Because it is not as high, strong, and inaccessible like Julian Coster. The way that he sings, I think, is beautiful. It's gorgeous, and it's not technically perfect. There's a lot of uh, perfect aspects about it, like the the use of older instruments and the use of all this radio technology. Like it's super duper cool, and I'm like obsessed with radios, so I'm you know really really into it. Um, but also, it's not like Julian Coster's voice is not a technically perfect voice as far as I know. I was never- I didn't take choir. What am I supposed to do? Take choir? I didn't do that. I don't know shit about music. But it's not like Broadway, you know? But it's beautiful. And it's something that connects to me. And I would like to make art like that, where it's not Shakespeare, you know, but it connects to people. It makes other people want to make art because they realize that they can, and it doesn't have to be Shakespeare to make it. You know what I mean? It's a cycle. It's just like breaking that interior critic that says, look, if you don't do something right on the first try, it will never be worth anything, because you have no innate talent. You are not a savant. Which is just another way to bully yourself, which is unfortunate. You know, sometimes it's about right place, right time. But sometimes it's about working really, really hard and failing. And that's where we get our learning points. Sometimes failure comes with with a lesson. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we fail. And it doesn't mean that we were wrong place, wrong time. It doesn't mean our art doesn't have merit just means that we failed. And I think those are harder to understand. Than thinking to yourself, oh, well, it's just not my time. Or that you fail, but there's a reason. You know, a lesson. I think it's harder when you fail or you break off with somebody, you leave situations behind, or people leave you behind for no reason. And I think that's hard to understand and to process. And I think it becomes harder when it's art because your art is a part of you. It doesn't have to be a good part of you or a bad part, but it it becomes more intimate. Because it's something that you created that is being rejected. And that can be really, really, really painful. Just a straight up kick in the nads, bro. It can be unfortunate to fail. And I can't tell you to keep trying. Because sometimes... You try, and you try, and you try, and you run yourself ragged, and you keep failing. It wouldn't be smart of me to say, oh, but ignore that and keep trying anyway. It's good to keep trying, but I feel like you don't have to. Sometimes, you can take a break in between trying. And that's maybe not talked about as much, where you just, you try so hard, and you are on the edge of a breakdown, you can take a break. You can just step back. You can stop pushing your Spotify, your your mixtape, your novel, your podcast, your zine. It's not bad of you to take a break, to reexamine, to even just breathe. For two minutes before you get back into networking. It's not bad to put yourself first. Like even now. It's the holiday season. There's a lot of holidays happening right now. Maybe there's a lot of holidays not happening right now. We don't know. Or I don't know, I should say. Maybe y'all know. You're all in on something that I don't know. That makes sense. Cause I don't know shit. But... I like to tell people when they come in, they're buying stuff... For... Themselves. You know, it's the holiday season, and I think sometimes people feel really guilty about it. But I'm just like, good! I get excited. I'm very happy for them. I'm happy that they're taking care of themselves. Because I feel like that's important. You can give so much to the world and people tell you that's going to give you that much back, but it might not. Life is an undetermined series of ups and downs. And it doesn't necessarily mean that what you put into the world you're going to get back from it. Sometimes people live these really unfair lives. Where they'll put everything into the world and someone else will get the good out of it. I never know what to tell them, then. It's kind of hard to say when someone else is profiteering off of their pain. You can't really say it's going to be okay, can you? I suppose not. I wonder if this is going to end up like Dora, where I'm just like, Ooh, and like, you can't condone this, can you? And all are going to be like, Oh! And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) That call and response of the big blue house, like I come in and I'm like, oh, you smell like honey. And y'all are going to like shut this off because everyone for some reason hated the bear from bear in the big blue house. I loved him. He was my man. He was so cute. I'm like super obsessed with like smelling good though. So I feel like just having some bear being, I'm also obsessed with puppetry. So like, (laughs) Having a bear just come up and be like, Ooh, you smell great. I was like, oh my god, I'm not afraid of anything anymore. Hello, Mr. Puppet Man. Like, it's it's weird how everything coincides. But it reminds me a lot of Between the Lions, too. And I love Between the Lions. That show is so good. And also, if y'all haven't seen Elmo's Magic Cookbook, it fucking slaps. It's on YouTube. I need to take a drink of water. Because my throat's real, real itchy. Itchy (coughs) Richie. Well, gross. ASMR of me having the bubonic plague. Hi, I'm back and I am uh, lubricated. I'm also snuggled into bed. I am like <sighs> over today. It's midnight. I spent like an hour eating mac and cheese. I reheated from the fridge and Oreos. You know what I have for breakfast? Tortilla chips from the refrigerator. And Oreos. (laughs) I also had two slices of pizza at my other work because they have free pizza and I'm training. And they were like, do you want a slice? Because I mentioned I was hungry and I was like, yes. I'm a pizza delivery driver, by the way. (laughs) Don't want to say for what company because they might, ooh woo, get a little mad in case I talk some bad shit on here too where I'm like, fuck these guys and i want them to be like oh and we're gonna sue you and it's like ooh, like i got a parking ticket <laughs> i can't even it's like expired in february which is good i can't even pay it i'll have to, like have money i have 20 dollars in my savings account and it's so i can buy a jar of pickles from one of my co-workers in like three months so yeah we're living the sweet life is basically what i'm saying Y'all ever wonder if you're going to get scurvy? Hmm. I feel like we were really on to something as a society when we were focusing kind of on scurvy this year. Or maybe it was last year. And then we sort of stopped talking about, I think it was last year. We sort of stopped talking about scurvy. I feel like we should bring it back. Because every single day, I go without eating a vegetable, I'm like, am I gonna get the scurve? Like, am I getting scurvy? I'll like brush my teeth and not floss, and then I'll floss every once in a while, and my gums bleed, and I'm like, is this scurvy? As a society, we should focus more on telling people not get scurvy. But man, vegetables are expensive. I have to get the canned ones because I can't afford fresh vegetables very much. And also with the canned ones, I drink like the corn juice and the olive juice. Like it's legit. You know, I did that once when I was in college. I just sat down and I... I was really tired, and I was living in the dorms, and I had a lot of canned food, and I feel very bad. My, I didn't like my roommates, and I have to say, they probably didn't like me either, and for really good reason. Part of that reason is, I, I know you're not supposed to do this, I know you're not um, now, but I there was a market. They had a market at the college, it was a community college. And because I lived in the dorms, I had credit, so I didn't have to worry about like buying food. But some of their microwave meals, most of the ones that they had were these ones with fish and mac and cheese. And I, I would buy a lot of them because I had my food card and they didn't have a lot of other ones. And so there would be very common times Wow, I would microwave fish in our dorm room like literally in our bedroom um wasn't wasn't on purpose it's just like that's what they had and so that's what i would eat and i would make i would mix some mayonnaise and ketchup also from the market to make like a pink sauce like a fry sauce um and that's that's just sort of what i did <laughs> Eight, very commonly. So she probably walked in constantly and was like, wow, it smells like fucking fish in here. Like, she never said anything to me because we hardly talked. But she, she did move to the other room when one of her roommates moved out. And I can guess why. We were not friends. I will say that. I don't think we were friends. We weren't even acquaintances. We were hardly roommates. Um, what was this about? I got too caught up- oh yeah, no, I was- I was sitting on the ground and I was gonna microwave some corn and butter and make butter corn and I was like I need to get rid of this corn water in the can and I don't want to get up and drain it because I was tired because our campus was entirely stairs and my body's the least athletic. I'm like in pain really really often in some areas, um, and so I just sat down, and I just disassociated for maybe, like, 40 minutes, just, like, drank a whole thing of canned water like it was a glass of milk, and then when I was done, I realized what I had done, and I, it wasn't bad, tasted pretty good, actually, still microwave that corn, and then I told my friends about it because I thought it was funny and then they thought I was gross, and also funny, which is like, really my sweet spot. So, I I still do it to this day. You know what? Don't pour out your corn water. It's good to drink. I'm not speaking for the CDC or FDA. Just like, flavor-wise. It's worth a try. Probably has electrolytes. Probably is vitamins. Probably is water in there somewhere. Some sort of, uh, you know, element is in that corn water. That might be good for you. Well, I think I've probably run out of stuff to say for this episode. I'm gonna get to editing now. And we'll see, we'll see the quality. You might record this for a third time, third time's the charm. Might mess around a little bit. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever ends up working. I'm I'm trying to fit this in between doing all of my other creative junk while I'm kind of in this like really sweet spot of being able to do stuff. So we will see how often this all comes out, but I've really enjoyed just talking to you today, hanging out with you. I hope this has also been a relaxing time for you, where you can sit down and listen and not have to focus on a thing that anyone else is saying, but have noise in your ears at all times. Again, my name is Richie, and it's been lovely talking to you. Um, but the way that I experience the world in the way that I experience art is very much communal. And it might just be like, I'm very easily influenced that's also true but it's more like I have a hard time seeing the big picture as a person I've never been someone who's like busted outside of the box without being told that there are lines to the box so like seeing other people with dyed hair influenced me to dye my hair seeing people uh, skateboard on TV and, you know, have shaggy haircuts made me want to skateboard and have a shaggy haircut. I don't know where the lines are until I see other people breaking them, basically. And even sometimes then, I can't follow um, as much as I would like to. And I think I've, I've gone off on a tangent. I was talking about how art is communal. Um, but it is. It truly is. Art is a, is a group experience. The art, the way we interact with it is communal, you know? We see it with other people, we discuss it with other people, and the art with each person's individual style is another way to stand out among people, is to show yourself and be your most authentic self um, in the way that you have to talk, like, as, as the least amount as possible. It's a way of communication without communicating. And that's really cool, and that's kind of what I want this to be. It's just another form of art It's just different. It's not going to be great or perfect. I can't promise you anything, really, other than the sound of my lovely melodious voice and some terrible jokes, maybe. Um, And, you know, having friends on here and doing discussions on cinema because I'm really into movies and probably talking about the book that I'm writing and stages of my life. I just think it's company. I like to be other people's company. I like to hear myself talk, and I like for other people to hear me talk, and I want for people to feel less alone. I would like it if people listened to this and they felt just a little bit like they had company. Like someone was there with them. Who cared about them? That would be my goal from all of this. Plus, I think it'd be interesting to add little bits in. You know, the sound of dogs barking intermediately, or the sound of rain, if I could. I'm using my cell phone, so I don't think we're gonna get that good uh, recording quality, if you know what I mean. Or even just, I don't know. Recordings of me talking while I'm in the car, recordings of other people just having conversations of cafes You know the pouring of milk I think I've been really interested lately in just art that doesn't have a meaning, but it has an emotion So maybe I'm not telling a linear fictional story of this beautiful you know life-or-death found family sort of story But maybe I'm just being average, and there's a beauty in that, too. Not everything has to be excelled and above and beyond to be worthy of something, and I feel like even if I make something that is bad now, I can always make it better with time, and it doesn't mean that what I was making before was a bad part of myself. So even if I publish this and in six months I find something that has a story and I run with it and I have a group of people and I do all this weird, wild stuff, that doesn't mean that the thing that I'm making right now is bad and that's something that I have to work with and I want other people to work with within themselves too. Because I think it's so easy to like, yo, know, for me personally, I want to start writing horror and my problem is I keep looking at Stephen King and I'm like, no, it's not iconic enough. What I'm writing isn't as distinct and interesting and unique and it's not as rambling (laughs) because I don't even like the way he writes, but I still compare myself to him because everyone says, that is the man, that is the grandfather of horror.